Although no one official is prepared to comment, religious groups are calling it Judgment Day. There's panic on the streets of London. As an increasing number of reports of serious attacks on people who are literally being eaten alive. A witness reports are sketchy. One unifying detail seems to be that the attackers in many instances appear to be... Hello and welcome. Welcome and hello. This is Wait You Haven't Seen, and it's a show where we talk about movies, and specifically we talk about a movie at least one of us has never seen before. Uh, I'm your host, Travis, a.k.a. TV's Travis. This is episode number 84, and our movie this week was Shaun of the Dead. And joining me to talk about it, coming back for the third time this month, Monica. Hi, 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 hi. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. I almost got it right. (laughs) And making a triumphant return... The person who hadn't seen this movie before, Scotty Moe. How you doing? I'm all hyped up on energy drinks. Let's <laughs> go. All right. So you had not seen this movie before. I've not. I, I'm i sorry. I did <laughs> never listen to an Irish drinking song while drinking an energy drink. It oh. will end up well. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, no, I have never seen Shaun of the Dead. So no. I, I sat down to watch it last night. It did cost me money, though, so I will say Ooh. I'm paying money to be on this show now. All right. Well, well, I'll reimburse you. Um, so w- was it a thing that you just it just was never something that you wanted to watch? Or are you are you much of a like, comedy and or zombie film fan? Uh, yeah. Well, specific. I mean, one of my favorite films is a comedy zombie film, which of course is zombie land oh, okay and so overall like i love when the horror genre gets a little bit of comedy injected into it because i'm a, a scaredy pants and if you can make it funny then i'm like okay i can hang out now um but yeah i in fact the whole cornetto trilogy of films which would be this hot fuzz and the world's end were films i were always interested in getting to watch because i love all of edgar wright's other films that i've seen baby driver scott pilgrim like everything he's done i very much enjoyed because he has a very good like very stylized very clever way of doing films and you I'm not going to try to skip ahead of myself, but like <laughs> he's learned to kind of tone it down as it's gone on because this was just a violently stylized and clever film. Yes. So this was actually his first feature film. Um, he had done yes. several years of television, uh, like miniseries, series, and stuff like that. But this was his first kind of theatrical release feature film. This is actually the fifth one of his movies we've covered on this show. I'm a huge Edgar Wright fan. So I have covered, I've now completed the Cornetto trilogy. Thank you for being the person who hadn't seen Shaun of the Dead. Like that was the hard one to find. And I'm so happy because I have an unabashed love of this trilogy of films. However, I get what you're saying. So I can get where, like it's, it is definitely the most, I would say probably raw of his films because it's very yeah. stylized and it's very early. He's he's refined his craft as he's gone on. He and Simon Pegg. Yeah, with me, it's just like, during the opening of the film, I was going, am I supposed 
supposed to not like any of these characters. Because, like, not a single one of them did I enjoy in the beginning of the film. And it just got worse as it went on. And I'm a person who very much is like, as long as I have one character I can gravitate towards, I'm good. Mm -hmm. But they are also unlikable. Yeah, and in some ways that's kind of the point. Like, this movie... Yeah. Sean is not supposed to be likable at the beginning and he's supposed to have that journey of self-discovery because it's really it's less a zombie movie and more kind of a almost a coming of age it's very much an independent film in a lot of ways too um not just yeah, because yeah. it was made and, for about like, four million pounds or whatever whatever that translates and to Edgar American Wright's movie. honestly very good at like having a character who is a jerk and kind of having them have a coming like Scott Pilgrim. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are like, "Oh, Scott's just this shy little kid." No, Scott's an asshole. Mm-hmm. Scott is the worst person on the planet. Yeah, definitely. Um, now, Monica, I know you love this movie too. Do I? I don't. I don't know. I feel like you put me on the spot here. <laughs> of my opinion, yeah. <laughs> no, I love this movie. Um, I'm going to say that. Um, I watched this when I was young and have since gotten older. <laughs> as we do. So with as me. As you do. <laughs> yeah. I like, I like being obvious. But, um, you know, when I saw it, it was, it was in my formidable years. And I did actually identify, which is starting to make me feel like maybe I'm an asshole. Wait a minute. Could I say that? You said That's that. That's fine. It's fine. <laughs> so, um. But yeah, no, I never liked any of these people. Uh, I guess that, yeah, Sean was the only one I identified with. Now that you say that, that makes perfect sense. Huh. Well, Sean, like, it- Sean is, Sean is the lamest, but like, I guess he <laughs> is the easiest one to identify with out of the group. Yeah, he's, he's just like Sean and Ed are both, you know, kind of the man childs. However, Sean is this like arrested development type of person. Like, he, it's not that he doesn't want to grow up. He just doesn't know how. So he's just stuck yeah. in this loop of like, well, I've got a job. I've got friends. They're fun. I'm just going to keep doing the same thing over and over. And it's interesting because have you seen the other Cornetto films, Scott? No, I, no? I okay. want to because everyone I've talked to about it have said like, is this the first one you watch? Yeah. Watch Hot Fuzz. And I yeah. went, oh, okay. <laughs> That's what I need to do. So... I, I very much enjoy this movie. It's got all the hallmarks of Simon Pegg and Edgar Wright. It's got great joke setups that they pay off later or they repeat you know, in, in a slightly different way. They do a really good job of that kind of rule of threes comedy. Hot Fuzz for me, which is one that I've already done. I Like I said, I did the other two in like the first 10 episodes of the show or something. But Hot Fuzz for me is this movie refined and made better yeah. like everything about it is just distilled down and just done a little bit better so for me that's my favorite of the trilogy but this was the first one of them that i saw so you know that in in that way and because it's a send up and a lampoon of zombie movies but again it is and i've talked about this a lot it is the type of satire or lampoon of films that i love which is you can tell they love zombie movies and they love the the thing yeah. that they're making fun of, like the to the point where they showed this to George Romero. They gave him like a private screening at his home, and because they wanted his kind of, uh, I guess um, you know, 
blessing for the film. Uh, and I love that. I love that because that makes the humor funnier to me when it's not, when it's not punching down and it's not making fun of, it's just saying, look, these movies are ridiculous. We're going to make fun of the ridiculous part of it. Like not saying the name, not, not wanting to say the word zombie. Um, Oh yeah. Oh, oh, we're not saying the Z word. We're not saying the Z yeah, word. Sorry. Z-word. No, no Z word. Um, but yeah, it just, I, there's something about Edgar Wright's style. And when, when it's, when it's, uh, when it's put on screen, just the jokes come at you fast and it gives you some rewatchability. Like if you watch it again, you're going to pick up on more jokes. You didn't catch the first time. And you'd be like, yeah. Oh, that's brilliant. Little things like I mean, the, I may, I might enjoy the next watch there. Cause like, I watch like one of my favorite comedies is Mallrats. Mm. I did not like Mallrats at all the first time I watched it, but as I kind of got more used to the style, I did. The thing with me is like there was a lot of that Edgar Wright stylization in the beginning when it was showing generic normal life, mm-hmm. and then when it got to the zombie part, it kind of lost it a little bit, in my opinion. Now, of course, the scene in the bar had all Edgar Wright like that was yeah. complete Edgar Wright we'll get to that but like yeah I kind of wish I had more stylization and I, I guess it is a part of the sending up of the zombie film mm-hmm. that the fight scenes felt like in a normal zombie film they're supposed to be real punchy real fast trying to get out trying to escape and they were very slow in this film which I think was a calculated effort on Edgar's part because as, like Sean and Ed they are not fighters. They're not good at this. In other right. words, uh, that kind of person would not be going full hog on it. Let's go. They would be, okay, what do we do? Get out the records. Okay, wait, which records should we throw? Which <laughs> I didn't like the scene in the moment, but I understand why people would like the scene. Yeah, uh, but when yeah you, that's one of those slow. where you watch it again and you get you get that like, oh, okay, now I see why this is funny. Die straights, throw it. I don't know. <laughs> I, like I have no idea. I didn't even know who Dire Straits was when I watched this movie the first time. So I'm just kind of like for nothing and yeah, chicks for free. Exactly. Oh yeah, now I know who they are. But you know, back then, what did I know? Um, I d- by the way, I do want to say there was a bit of trivia where somebody asked Simon Pegg why they had um, slow zombies in this, and his reply was because death is not an energy drink. Ooh, that's good. That's like, really okay, good. That should that be works. on his tombstone. It really should. Now, I do want to talk about Simon Pegg in this because this was still, you know, it was pretty early on in his career and he's done a ton since. But watching it again this time, I realized, damn, he not only can he be funny, but like when he's got to be super sad or when he's upset, like the emotional stuff, he does a really good job with it, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, the the scene where he's sad right after he breaks up with Liz, he genuinely just looks miserable and not like movie miserable. Like he looks like he was ugly crying, you know, real. He looks like something was really wrong in his life, too. Yet another reason why I identified with him so much, you know, just like like I've cried like that before. I get you. I had Mm -hmm. a shitty job. Can I say that? I'm sorry. Whoops. That's all right. <laughs> I had a terrible job. <laughs> we get three of them. There you go. <laughs> um, Is that true? Yeah, that's fine. 
You, there's so. one. How many? Because I think you can get two f bombs too, and I'm saving them. Uh, <laughs> wait, we get f bombs? Wait, 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 wait. We, we get we... we get an f bomb, and I'm sorry, Monica, but I'm gonna have to defer to our guest and let him have that. <laughs> <laughs> the master because of the he's F-bomb. already brought it up I give twice. Because <laughs> hmm. um, you can't edit them out, right? <laughs> of course not. Uh, no, I just I liked. I mean, I like Simon Pegg in a lot of stuff. Like, he's one of my favorite little parts in the you know, the newer Mission Impossible films because he brings a different feel to stuff. But like these movies, this and what I love about the Cornetto trilogy when you when you get a chance to watch the rest of them, you'll see this. He plays three very different types of characters in those films. He's not like a lot of times when you see comedy groups or comedy duos that do a lot of movies together you notice that, oh, this guy's always playing the same type of character, right? You know, Adam Sandler's always playing kind of the man-child character in his comedies a lot. Can yeah. I can I do my impression of uh, of Adam Sandler? Sure. <laughs> okay, there That's you go. That's about it. Every the things- comedian it's not a real impression like jack yeah. black i can't say words but i can't just be like flick a dick a um but one of the things with simon Pegg is like he'll play sean is very different from nick angel in hot fuzz who's very different from the name of his character in at world's end or the world's end and i like that and even nick frost does that too ed is a lot different from uh danny uh, Constable Danny Butterman in Hot Fuzz, and I appreciate that because it just makes the movies more rewatchable and 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 more fun for me when you can do that, and it shows a, a talent and a skill in the writing and the yeah. acting, and it's really I'm you know gonna... Peg Peg and Wright writing these that helps a lot. And I'm sorry, Monica, I cut you off. No, no, I cut you off. <laughs> I was just trying to. <laughs> um, I was going to say like because we were talking about it, and you said that your favorite of the Cornetto trilogy was Hot Fuzz, which I know most people it is because it is the better movie. No, no offense to anyone who loves Children of the Dead, because I do too. It's just you know like I have this uh, affection that makes I guess little sense anymore because uh, rewatching the movie recent now. Uh, there were a lot of things that I wish I could delete from this movie um, and never see again. Uh, but I still, you know, perhaps it be- it's a word that begins with N. There's that one. That didn't that age one, well. I for- completely forgot that he said that. And I guess back then it just like, I don't know that. And, and using the gay word as whatever didn't, yeah. realize that back then although uh they they did do like a covid 19 update parody of Shaun of the dead and during that that's right like he just fully <laughs> breaks character and it's just like well what you see is actually in the original film we weren't trying to be homophobic it was a commentary on men being homophobic and how terrible <laughs> it could be and i'm like don't defend yourself although it does come from ed who is yeah the worst like mm-hmm. he's Absolutely. supposed to be the worst yeah so like I could I can almost like not take it too seriously. Well, that but the other one I I I have I'm not allowed to talk about you know because I have no right to say anything about uh, white privilege. So anyway, um, but yeah. So this did not age well. I'm gonna say that, and I understand why uh, 
Scotty feels the way that he does, which I was saying to, to Travis too, the other day, I was like, I was like, Oh, this movie. I'm like, I bet Scotty would love this. And then I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, I don't know Scotty at all. Like, how do I even think that I know like, what, what kind of movie he like? I don't know. It just, yeah. The opening, so. the if, if we want to get someone into plot, the opening of the film might be the most, it's ironic. Before the zombies are introduced, the film is the most anxiety-inducing thing <laughs> on the planet. Like, uh, my heart was racing, and I was just like, this sucks. <laughs> this sucks. <laughs> Well, so one okay. So the scene that opens in the bar. This is a really cool kind of filmmaking thing. This this shows this early in his career how good Edgar Wright is at visual storytelling. First shot of the movie, yeah, is Sean. Second shot of the movie is Liz, and the third shot is her referencing Ed, and he plops Ed in the middle of the frame between the two of them. And then the next shot he shows is her flatmates in between the two of them. So you like, you're establishing all of this stuff with all this visual shorthand, boom, right away. You, you know this without knowing it. And I love that. And that like that, those kinds of things just always, when you see that and when you, and you rewatch it and you pick up on stuff like that, I just, I yeah. love that so much. And then like, no, you, he was, he was technically sound at this point. I think it was, it was storytelling he had an issue with because I feel like if you took all the Edgar Wright juice off of this and just left the story, I do not think it would have been as popular as it is. Oh, like totally. I think if you had just yeah just told this story, it would have been a generic, somewhat comedic zombie movie. But it's thanks to it's thanks to Edgar Wright that I didn't turn it off in the first five minutes. Well, and I think part of that is because it's not a zombie movie; it's really a romantic comedy that happens to have zombies in it. And that's pretty much what they were making. This wasn't so romantic though. I'm just going to point that out as the, uh, as the hopeless romantic in the room. Right. right. But I mean, it's, it is a romantic comedy through the lens of a zombie film, much like hot fuzz is a romantic comedy through the lens of an action film. Or is it just an action uh, comedy with some romantic overtures? It could be that too. Like I, I don't know if I would even go as far as romantic. Like I just think, like you said earlier, like coming of age is the best way to describe it. Because even near the end, and can I can do I have to wait till we get there to discuss the thing that itched my craw the most, or can I? No, right if now? you want to jump into it, go for it. <laughs> go so go right near to the it. end of the film. Uh, it's after the zombies have attacked uh, the bar. They're all coming in. There's this moment where you're supposed to, like, this is the moment where Sean is supposed to have shown very much a lot of character growth. But he didn't. Because uh, you see Liz, you see the love of his life with a table just like, Sean, help me! And the whole time he is not focused on Liz. All he's doing is looking at Ed. He is looking at Ed and trying to make sure Ed is safe. He does not care about Liz. And I'm like, so, this yeah. is when you're supposed to grow. So here's the thing. That's that's kind of the crux of this is the the relationship yeah. in the middle of this movie is Sean and Ed. It's not Sean and Liz. It's The movie is about Sean and Ed and Sean oh, so growing past. Romance. Yeah. <laughs> It's well, it's and it's the same thing. It's honestly, romance. it's the Hi. same thing in Hot Fuzz. the The relationship in that movie is is Nick and Danny. 
but I'll let you watch that one yourself and, and kind of get to that. Yeah. But, but no, that's, that's the thing is the central relationship is Sean and Ed. So that scene, when you rewatch it, you'll, you'll, with that idea, you'll kind of see like it's Sean can't just let go of Ed. He's never been able to, but he's got yeah. Liz right there. And eventually he does, but it's not as quick as he probably should have, you know? And, it's his... not until Ed actually dies. Yeah. Actually and... dies by zombies that he can finally be like, I guess Liz. I guess consolation prize. You know, and in his defense, he's lost his mother, his stepfather, yeah. and now his best friend. All while at the same time trying to salvage a relationship during a zombie apocalypse. Like, that's a lot to, on his plate. So I can understand because it is that does come right on the heels of him having to shoot his own mother. Um, which yeah. is a scene by itself that I think like emotionally is a really strong scene and the movie benefits from yeah. that whole bit with his mom because you get, you get so much of Sean and his character and the character kind of having to grow up, but also other characters around him. You get a lot of shorthand with them, like David who, is prepared to shoot his mom until oh. she actually stands up. And then he's like, you do it. Like, don't, he's... don't you dare get me started on David. <laughs> David made me so angry. Yes. Daphs needs to be punched in the throat repeatedly. Yes. And he, and I absolutely. said, throat, but I wanted yeah. to say another word. Punch in the dick. Does that work? Yeah. He needs to be yeah. punched in the dick repeatedly. No, he 100%. That is his whole point in this movie is to piss you off. And Dylan Moran does such a good job in that character. He just, yep. there's something with the way he talks like this, the tone that he uses that just makes you just want to slap him constantly. And everybody in the movie is like that. Even his girlfriend well, who knows like, she knows that he yeah. doesn't really he doesn't really want to be with her, but she he is because that was what was available. So that's so sad. Mm. Yeah, like I wish I, I kind of wish there was more of a character arc for Sean because I feel like it was very flat. And then there's like a little bump when he distracts the zombies. Then he comes back and he goes back to where he was. And then it's not until after. Uh, Ed dies that we get any sort of emotional arc and I feel like that was the only thing taking away from me from the mom scene because for me I was like this kind of feels like emotional masturbation just kind of feels like we need an emotional scene to throw in the film and like it's also coming from me as a screenwriter and being like yeah this is where they would do that and like I, I guess that's one of the other issues is how analytical I was because like earlier in the film when they're like you got some red on you I was mm -hmm. like, okay, that's going to be a joke later. Like every setup, I was like, I know where this is going to come back. So a couple of things. Number one, I think one thing with Sean that um, that I think is really cool is he never, even, even at his worst, he's never really thinking about himself. He's always thinking about somebody else. Like he's always defending Ed or he's always defending his decisions based on other people or he's always doing like throughout the entire movie he's not doing stuff for himself he doesn't distract them like he distracts the zombies to get them away he he just wants to save everybody so I, that's that's one thing with him the other part too is um yeah i can kind of see what you're saying with like the whole that's one of the reasons why i like hot fuzz a little bit more than Shaun of the dead is 
where Shaun of the Dead sets up a lot of jokes and pays off a lot of their jokes, the entirety of Hot Fuzz is that. Everything in Hot yeah. Fuzz gets set up and then paid off. Every single thing. And it's it's insane the the number of them that they can do. Um, and that's one of the things with this movie that it just... Like, this is like an 8 out of 10 in terms of setup and payoff uh, for me. But obviously yeah. that's still really, really good. Because even little things like... Uh, what the Pete character, the first thing he says to Ed, um, and then that's going to be living in the shed. Yeah. Or, you know, the next time I see you, you're dead type of thing. Like that kind of stuff got paid off a lot. By the way, Peter Serafinowicz needed to be in this movie more because he's awesome. I love it. Have you watched the tick? Yes. On net, or on... Oh, he's so good. I was so excited to see him, and then I realized he had to play the straight man, and I was upset. I was like, no, he is so funny. He no. really he really is funny. Uh, and also was the voice of Darth Maul in Phantom Menace. A lot of people don't That's remember right. that. That's um, right. The other one, and I completely forgot that it was him because he's so much younger, is uh, the character Noel, who's only in a couple of scenes, but it's they're funny. Um, he's the kid that works at the store. That's Rafe Spall, who comes back later on in uh, in Hot Fuzz. He's a lot younger than I thought he was. He's like, yeah. I just I didn't recognize him in this. The however many times I've seen it. Um, Wait, is so, that the Noodle? Yeah, Noodle. He was one of the Andes in Hot Fuzz. Oh, yeah. oh! I mean, like I can imagine that. I just didn't. Uh... I didn't realize it. Mm, yeah. Also, Scotty, he's, a, he's did, got that accent that I like, where he says seventeen. Yes, <laughs> I'm just like, okay. I love did, that. <laughs> did you catch though that um, that that was who was calling Ed in the scene before that? Yeah, looking for weed. I know, Monica, this you is did. The first time. Oh, oh that was, I'm sorry. That was the first time you caught that. Yeah, literally. Yeah. Well, see the. Oh wait, is he's the? Uh, what do you say? Working. He works in the um, electronic store. Yeah. He is he the douchebag? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, I realized it actually not because of the previous scene. I realized it because of later when they're outside the bar right. and Ed gets the phone call, <laughs> and it's it's a it's one of those perfect setup and knockdown moments because it is a callback to the opening scene mm-hmm. where he's obviously getting a call and then uh, Sean refuses to do anything about it. He won't hang up the phone. He won't do anything. And yeah. so the later scene is like a perfect mirror to that where Sean finally says, I'm done with this and knocks it out of his hands. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that so, was, yeah, I didn't realize it in the moment, but later, later it, it connected. Yeah. I, I had, I don't think I recognized it. The, I can't remember when I realized that that was the same phone call happening, but I, I love that. And that's the kind of stuff that Edgar Wright and Simon Pegg just do so well is those setups also casting because when you can get bill nighy to be in your movie you've immediately made it better and i liked even though he's barely in it as philip he's so so good like his his introduction is my favorite where he's standing there and he just the way he spins on his heel almost like a vampire yeah (laughs) was so good I don't know that why was, I didn't th- that it didn't connect that that was Bill Nye. I don't know <laughs> why that didn't connect with me. I don't know. Um, and and that was another moment where they tried an emotional moment that I think that one didn't quite land with me. Like I get where they were going and having the whole stepdad and and him talking about how you know he did really care for him in that moment, 
but that one didn't yeah. work as well. That's again. Well, they that... didn't. It wasn't set up well because, like, right. the, up until that point, it's clear that he doesn't care about Philip. Like during the phone call, it's literally, "Have you been bitten? No, Philip has." Oh, okay. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> and then even Ed resonates it like, oh, "Okay, it's just him." And then we have to go kill my stepdad. Like they were fully prepared to kill this dude. <laughs> yeah, I, that was a very unearned scene of emotion. Yeah, yeah, that one could have, and that's where you know, again, that's something where as they've gone on as screenwriters and filmmakers, they've gotten better at that. Um, yeah, but you know, again, you put Bill Nighy in your movie, you, you immediately have made it better. Um. And I love like the the audio that I played at the beginning was just a nice you know it's it's completely silly but how he's flipping through the channels and the channels all everything lines up to basically give you the plot. Oh, yeah, that was a Edgar Wright kind of clever thing that irritated me in the moment because at the end of it I really said this film was a lot of style with very little substance which I still may resonate with right now. But that scene out of context rules. But for me I, I think it's because if you're gonna have this Edgar Wright style, you also have to have characters that resonate with that style, in my opinion, if that works. Mm -hmm. So, like, in Scott Pilgrim, yes, they're kids, yes, they're assholes, but also, they are clever. They are smart. Their, their dialogue is very written smart. Same with uh, Baby Driver. Like, everything is written really smartly, so that the the filmmaking benefits what the characters are doing. But in this film, it felt like the characters were written for a sitcom or like a generic comedy movie. And mm -hmm. the style was the only thing that gave them anything special. It didn't add to their characters, in my opinion. Like, uh, I, I, don't, I don't know. Like, if you look at a film like Step Brothers, the characters are very much, and I know this is going to get flack, similar to Shaun of the Dead. They are dumb assholes mm -hmm. who are jerks to people. And the film, that film does it a lot better because they do it as a straight comedy, whereas this one had all of that Edgar Wright flavor on top of it that I, I don't know if it added to it, like added to it character wise, but it added to the enjoyment of the film. Yeah, well, you know, this was, I mean, this was coming off of Spaced, which was the sitcom that he did with Nick Frost yes. and Simon Pegg. So, and it. And I think even uh, if I remember right, I read somewhere that the idea for this movie was spawned out of uh, a segment on Spaced. There was there was an episode where Sean, uh, Simon Pegg's character was playing like Resident Evil for an entire night and fell asleep and had like a weird dream of a zombie invasion. And they, so they sort of that became Shaun of the Dead over time. Um, so, yeah, I, I can see that where you're where you're kind of making the comparison to almost like a sitcom style of writing. Monica, you said you really enjoyed yeah. Spaced? Yes. Yes. Great. It's good stuff. Must go watch other people. Go watch words. None of this came <laughs> out in the right order. But go watch Spaced. It is a great sitcom. It is not for everybody, though. So, uh, you know, go watch I mean, it. And Spaced if you don't like it. To the trio. <laughs> Spaced is to this trio what Freaks and Geeks is to every American comedian currently. Yeah. Basically. It's just oh. like let's let's bring them all in. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And they even had um I can't remember her name. Uh she was the other lead on Space. She was Avon that shows up a couple times in the movie. That's another one of those Vaughn. great repeated Sean! jokes. Yeah. Every time I they love see her each so other. Much. Every they time have... she sees him, she's just like, Sean. Yeah. 
and they yeah. they have the same dialogue three times. Mm-hmm. Which how you yeah. doing? And I I love that uh that op- the uh the scene where they meet up during the apocalypse and yes. basically they have the exact same crew with each other. <laughs> that that's so and good. Part of me almost wanted all six of them to have survived at the end of the film. That way, showing like you guys <laughs> messed up a lot. Talking about John's crew, mm-hmm. like it would have been. And I guess this is coming from a pre or a post COVID world where, like, we know you probably should have just stayed in the house. You probably <laughs> should have just stayed in the house, and you would have been fine. Because, like, I, I don't know, like. There were there were bits that kind of itched at me like that, and then um, uh, the scene where they fake being zombies, mm-hmm. which I understand is a comedic bit for this film, but also the zombies have glassed over eyes; they're blind, they can't see you, Doc. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you know, it's like any zombie movie; you've got to take some uh, some suspension you gotta of disbelief. Make some rules up to make it work. Yep. Yeah. Even, you know, something silly, like I love the payoff at the end of him going out to the shed and there's Ed chained into it, playing, basically playing video games, getting to, Ed basically gets to have the life that he wants at the end of the movie where he has no responsibilities and nothing to do. But you also have to suspend a bunch of disbelief of like, how did, how did they get Ed at all? So, but it's fine. I can. Well, it also, I do like the fact that the film really sets up the dichotomy of what a zombie represents because in the opening of the film it like a zombie represents death of life it represents stagnation which is what sean and ed are they are Mm -hmm. stagnant they're not living their life they're basically going through it like zombies which you see from sean like the joke of him yawning in the opening of the film and so at the end you see sean actually growing but ed is forced to remain a zombie remain stagnant um that was the only I like I understand it's a good punchline for the end of the film. But also I'm like, the whole point of the film is the fact that Ed's been holding you back, and it's not like Ed had a character arc that made him redeemable. Right. Like just let him die, dog. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah, it does. He it, live as a zombie yeah. I mean it makes for a fun little moment at the end. And had it been anything more than that, I, I don't think I would have liked it. There was actually a sequel plan for this at one point. Um where oh, wow where they were going to, um, I'm not exactly sure how it would have worked. However, I loved the working title idea, which was From Dusk Till Sean. Yeah, Like that alone sells me on, I want to see that movie, and I have no, nothing else about it. But they basically, uh, the three of them, uh, they, they kind of decided like, no, this is better as a standalone. Let's just leave it as that. And I'm so thankful that they did that. Because that doesn't get done enough. There's not enough people who are willing to say, no, we'll leave that as a standalone thing and move on to something else. Too many times uh, stuff gets milked way too way too far, in my opinion. Yeah. So kudos I, to them. I guarantee it would have like ruined the luster of Edgar Wright. Oh, like, totally. Yeah, but, but I actually, part of me, in the moment, because I was upset, <laughs> didn't <laughs> like the ending. Mm-hmm. But out of context, and now after like 24 hours of thinking about it, I do love the ending. Because, of course, the military come in and take out the zombies and rescue them at the very last moment. Which, in the moment, I said, okay, it's a Monty Python kind of non-ending. Exactly. But it's also two people who the film have established cannot fight. 
No. A guy who cannot shoot a gun to save his life and his girlfriend who can barely do anything. And so you have to have the military come in to save them or else in all logic of this is a very this is honestly the most realistic zombie movie that there is, uh, which I will say. And so I liked that. And then I liked after the fact where they said, you know, the zombies are now cool. They basic and it, it is a commentary on people who get stuck working retail jobs for their entire life. And it's just like, yeah, they're perfect for doing that. So now mm -hmm. other people can live their lives. Oh, yeah. Um, actually, so the opening credit sequence, the the cashier in that opening credit sequence is Mary, who is in their backyard. She's the first zombie that they run into, which is another one of those great oh, little wow. setups. Yeah, if you watch it again, check that out because um, I thought that was kind of actually a neat... all of the all of the zombies in the beginning of the movie are somewhere in the movie. That's true. So it's just like like the punks that come and they're just like walking in the beginning, like for no reason whatsoever. By the way, yeah. um, they're oh, yeah, you know they come later and they attack the guy in the wedding dress. I was gonna say not dress the. <laughs> Tux. I, yeah. I noticed him. I noticed, and I feel like that was a purposeful effort on Edgar Wright's part is to, because I was like, why is there just a random guy in a tuxedo? It's so you recognize them later on. Mm -hmm. If you had just like random people dressed in, because like the point of an extra is to dress them as plain as possible so that way your main character stands out among them. But in this case, you dress them differently so you recognize them when they come in later in the film, which is oh, yeah. smart. No, it is a smart film. Doesn't mean I have to like it. <laughs> Absolutely, no. Um, and that's one of the things, like, Edgar Wright does such a good job of those repeated jokes or repeated motif that yeah. works. Like, you have the long tracking shot of Sean going to the store to get a can of Coke in the beginning of the movie, and then they recreate it exactly, but after post-zombie apocalypse version of it. Um, that's so well done. I mean, right down to the guy that runs by him the first time is just out for a jog. And the second time he's running for his life from the zombies, um, you know, the, he trips over yeah. the same part of the curb. I like that Monica had mentioned that she never noticed that he's when he slips it, uh, in the store after grabbing the can of Diet Coke. The second time it's, he's slipping on blood. I never put it together. That it was blood. <laughs> I just thought he's a clumsy idiot. Right. <laughs> like, just... Which works. But. And, well, and that... I mean, yeah, it's the exact same scene twice. Mm -hmm. Just like the setting is different. It's very good. Like he even trips on the same part of the uh, the sidewalk a second time. I will say this. Um, Sean is like one of the best depictions I've ever seen of ADHD on a film. <laughs> because like, firstly, it's clear that it is something. Because his mother has it as well. Because his mom's always getting oh. distracted and looking off his stuff. And so Sean also has that. And you can see like that's part of it is he doesn't have focus throughout the whole film. And like, even when he tries to fake having focus, like when he comes back to the bar, grabs the, uh, like the pork skins out of midair and tries to be a cool guy. I, I hated the scene in the moment. Cause I thought the film was trying to just give Sean a cool guy arc all of a sudden. Right. But it's just, it, it is playing up the, uh, the parody of a zombie movie, which is there's always like the Ash from evil dead who suddenly becomes the cool guy. Yeah, with no real growth, and so he is faking that. And then the minute he goes to turn on the breaker and sees the zombies, he immediately reverts back to who he was. <laughs> yes. Immediately, is like, oh no. Well, and he has so many great moments. Like his reactions to stuff are what kill me because they're funny, but they're also realistic. Like he gets up on that little slide and then comes back down, 
and you just you just see the fear in his face like is it clear no 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 but yeah when he turns on the breakers and all the zombies show up and he just looks (laughs) turns it back off and then turns around my favorite part of that entire thing is him walking over and pulling the shade on the door before he leaves the room that's my favorite part of that that's such like a looney tunes moment and yet I can kind of see myself almost doing the same thing at that moment. Like your brain just short circuits and you're like, I just don't, I can't see them. They're not there. Um, can I read my quick little scene setting? Yes. It's really short. Go for it. All right. <clears throat> oh, so oh, zombies well, have it. attacked. <laughs> don't make me laugh. Too late. So zombies have attacked. Most of your neighbors are dead. You and what's left of your friends need to escape. Where are you going to hold up and wait for everything to blow over? Oh, the local bar? Oh, okay. Um, are you sure? All right. Uh, there's giant glass windows everywhere where the zombies <laughs> can get in. And no escape if they surround you. But sure. Hashtag die, died for no reason whatsoever. Um, anyway, <laughs> but like, just, she died for no reason. No reason. Like, he wasn't even a good boyfriend. Like, F Daffs. Seriously, F Daffs in the. Th- yeah. Oh, no. Totally. They, the both of them. Well, maybe not that. That they just actually might to go. not work. Because that sounds like sex. Anyway, but he was such a jerk. He wasn't worth dying for. He deserved to like have his it. intestines ripped out. Well, honestly, in the beginning of the film, I didn't hate him. Like, obviously, he had a few problems. Like, obviously, he did have this crush on Liz and everything, this unresolved thing. But he was living life normally. And that's what I liked about the the film is the fact that as it went on, it showed how different people would react to this situation. And I think the moment he went from, okay, he's okay, to I hate him, is the minute he threw the garbage can through the window. Because that's the moment his character just everything all the anxiety came rushing over the top and he became a panic stricken mess and i that's I, I hate him but i i get it i understand <laughs> is what i'm saying i that's think true. for me because i identified so much with sean like anytime that that dude said anything that was a negative like trying to push him away from his lady and all that kind of stuff like that's when i didn't like him i guess also Plus, me and Travis watched him in Black Books, mm-hmm. and he is so sarcastic and great, but there's something lovable about that character as opposed to this one. There is nothing lovable <laughs> about Daffs, seriously. Um, no, you mentioned his mom being Spacey, and Penelope Wilton played Barbara. She was so good as just completely like, I'm a million miles away. Like Miles away, dear. Yeah. Miles away. <laughs> she... She and I like her. I liked her in uh, the small role she played in Doctor Who. Um, mm. And I just I I enjoy seeing people, you know. And that these Cornetto films do that. They have these great side characters where they will bring in. In fact, Hot Fuzz has like basically almost every great British comedian in pretty much one scene, um, which I, I yeah. won't spoil. I want you to see that on its own organically. But I just I had to mention her because she was great in this. I had talked about uh, Bill Nighy earlier, and I forgot about Penelope Wilton because she's just so spacey the whole time. Like even I when they're all sitting, say, uh, they're they're all sitting around the table, and 
finally Liz is like, all right, I need a drink. And they're like, yeah, I need a drink. And Barbara, Barbara just looks like, oh, hi. <laughs> like, where were you for this entire yeah, scene? Hello? <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was the thing. I will say this film does feature uh, it, the beginnings of the thing Edgar Wright is best at. And that is syncing up a music to action. Yes. Because he does it he does it phenomenally in Scott Pilgrim, obviously, because the mm-hmm. film's based around music. Baby Driver, absolutely. Um I bring this up anytime I have to talk about Edgar Wright, but look up the I think it's called The Blue Song by Mint Royale. It's a music video he did. Yeah. And it's got Noel Fielding and uh oh, I can't remember his name, from the Mighty Boosh in it. And a few other big British comedians, and it is the basically the pilot for Baby Driver. It is the opening scene to Baby Driver as Noel is just like jamming to music. Um, and this is kind of the beginning of it, like the Queen song, which I love that song, but it did feel very unearned because the rest of the film had generic rock. And I'm like, you waited to pay Queen, didn't yeah. you? <laughs> They well, I mean, they only had a four four million pound budget, so they had to save the music budget for Queen. Yeah, um, yeah, but yeah, that's the beginning. It wasn't as crisp as it is in uh, like Scott Pilgrim and Baby Driver, but obviously it's an evolution. But like you could hear mm-hmm. as they're hitting them, hitting them with the stick, or, uh, like the, the it matching up with the drums. Even when they go in the back and they're flipping the breakers, it matches the music. Oh yeah, I was like okay. It, yep. It's 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 more. This film is raw. Like you put it, great. This is a raw Edgar Wright. If you want that pure, uncut right, it's this. Yeah, and it's so. Let me just read off the list of his theatrical films. This doesn't count his TV uh, TV stuff or his shorts, like because he did a segment in the fake trailer for Don't in Grindhouse. Oh but yeah. His movies are Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, Scott Pilgrim versus the World. The World's End yeah. and Baby Driver. He's five for five. Like, there's not a bad movie in that yeah. group. And what you see is him get better at what he does each and every time. That because Baby Driver, when I saw that for the first time, it blew me away. Its use of music as a character and music and sound as a character in the film. And then you mm-hmm. go back and you watch this and you yeah. realize, oh yeah, he's been good at this all along. He just get keeps getting better at it. Um, Hot Fuzz doesn't have as much of that in terms of like mixing the music into the action but what it does is Hot Fuzz did a really good job of the music being cues for things that you would catch later on like if you listen to the lyrics of a song playing at a certain point you realize it's foreshadowing something or, or something along those lines kind of thing yeah um, and that happened in this one a lot as well like there were some early songs that were like it, the end is coming or stuff like mm-hmm. that and I, I kind of that, that is sorry that's all I can sing <laughs> copyright one of my uh that was one of my issues is it took 30 minutes to get to the zombies mm-hmm. and there was a violent amount of foreshadowing in those first 30 minutes of <laughs> yeah. you know this is a zombie movie right I'm like yes Edgar you named the film Shaun of the <laughs> Dead I'm aware of what this film is yeah but again I mean you know it's like you said it's that raw uncut it's that early yeah. version of him. He he just he gets a more deft hand as he gets older, and he does it more. Um, and it needed, like I, I feel like he needed those thirty to establish all of the characters and their connections, and also like 
technically the zombie apocalypse starts probably 10, 15 minutes in, but because of ADHD boy, <laughs> he doesn't realize it. Like, it's on every single television channel. He passes by zombies. Oh, wait, yeah. sorry, I can't use the Z word. But, like, and he just doesn't realize it. Yeah, and I mean, another reason why I identify with him because I swear <laughs> if anything is going on in the world, I don't know anything about it. I don't watch regular TV. I don't have any kind of news, newsy thing that I watch. So, you know, aside from, uh, you know, paying attention to politics right now because ugh, life, you know, I would miss the zombie apocalypse if it was on primetime news. It's just not where I, I look for things. Yeah, I probably would too. Who knows? Um, by the way, Edgar Wright's got a new movie he's working on that's supposed to come out next year called Last Night in Soho. And I just want to Ooh, read man. I want to read the IMDb description of what this movie is going to be about because I don't care, I'm going to I'm going to go watch it. <laughs> or I'll watch it at home or whatever, but a young girl passionate about fashion design is mysteriously able to enter the 1960s where she encounters her idol, a dazzling wannabe singer. But 1960s London is not what it seems. And time seems to fall apart with shady consequences. I have no idea what that means at all, but I don't care. Like, I'm still. Yeah. Well, that... honestly, if you tried to describe the plot of any of his True. films, that's that's a fair like, point. Well, it's about a very good driver who listens <laughs> to music. Okay, oh, I guess. Yeah. True. All right. Yeah, I love Baby Driver. I've never seen Scott Program. I'm sorry. Oh, uh, it's good. I was going to say, really I'm sorry, Sean, but your name's not Bring Sean. Me back. Bring me back for this. <laughs> Bring me back for this episode. I well, think he already did Scott I already Pilgrim, did it, unfortunately. Because I hadn't seen we it. We can redo and... it. <laughs> it's time for the sequel. <laughs> let's just make up, let's make up a show for that. <laughs> yeah, there we go. That can be for... It, it, uh, it'll be called Wait, You Also Haven't Seen? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think you found your sister show. Oh, that, yeah, yeah. Where we go back and revisit every episode of this show that I've done, but find somebody else who hasn't seen the movie. There we go. That'll get tricky. Because it was hard enough to find somebody who hadn't seen uh, uh, The Princess Bride or Shaun of the Dead, for that matter. Well, you don't have to do it like a second time if you don't have somebody yeah, but you fair. can just make the episode like uh scott pilgrim versus the world two yeah you know what that'll yeah. be a patreon level we'll do it that way that'll be a I special did, uh, thing i actually Ooh, i have i get the money princess from that bride. you have i hadn't have? seen princess bride oh, until have. recently uh when my, one of my ex-girlfriends was like this film sucks it's terrible <laughs> and i'm like why it's a stupid princess. And, like, this is a girl who loved Disney princesses. And I was like, why? She goes, the plot's stupid. Everything's stupid. I'm like, you understand the film's a a comedy film, right? <laughs> what? No, it's not. It's not a comedy. And I was like, okay, I maybe I'm wrong. Let's watch it. And within, like, the first minute, I said, how did you not know <laughs> this was a comedy? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's great. Princess Bride is a perfect movie. Like it has everything. It has something for everybody. It's, that's romance, by the way. Well, yeah. Just in case you needed to know. I know what romance is. <laughs> Believe it or not. This show got weird. It did. Um, I do have a couple of clips I have to play because some of these are just too good. It, it's funny. It's clippable as this movie is when I was going through recording stuff for it. I realized that a lot of it doesn't translate well to playing it out of context because 
A, the context helps, but B, there's a lot of whispered, really quiet stuff. Um, but uh, let's see. So this one was Peter Serafinowicz, probably my favorite line of his, and it's when he's describing what happened to him when they're asking him how he got his hand bit. Which, by the way, that whole scene where he comes in as they're playing the records, and he comes in and just starts yelling and dropping F-bomb after F-bomb, is a brilliant scene. And on the DVD, they had they would actually have the um, ADR'd version for TV, which is even better because they, they just replace everything with funk. So it's your funking life and funk this and funk that. And it's, <laughs> it's absolutely hilarious. Um, but this was, I this like was, working. yeah, this was him and Ed. Why did they bite you? I don't know. I didn't stop to ask them. Like, it's true. I'd like to also say that these lines we used when me and a bunch of people were making a movie back when I was younger and I played a store manager turned zombie and this was my exact reason something about crackheads outside the store biting me uh, as kind of like an homage to well this movie Oh man! so if anyone finds that on YouTube which you're never going to find it but it's there uh, there's like 15 challenge, minutes of me acting. Challenge. I'll show accepted. you the clip later because <laughs> you're a friend. Um, I'm terrible in it, but I ate somebody's leg, so that's that's my claim to fame. This was also a movie that actually like got into the zeitgeist of my life. Like we had a bar slash diner that I went to all the time. We renamed it the Winchester. Like I would be out with friends, or we I would call up my friends, and I'd just be like Winchester, and we'd meet there. That would that would be the entirety of the conversation was a single word. So. Um, this was, this is such a British thing. This was Bill Nighy. I'm quite all right, Barbara. I ran it under a cold tap. Like, <laughs> that's just, <laughs> that's so good. All right, Barbara, I ran the it under a cold The most British tap. part of this film. So yes. British. <laughs> um, oh. Any zombies out there? Because they actually said it. They said zombies. Um... This was this this one. One Monica made sure that I captured, uh, and it was. You know what we should do tomorrow? Keep drinking. I mean, best way to fight a it hangover was, is to stay it drunk. Was just the line that I that made me it made me laugh because it came out of nowhere. Just like, you know what we should do tomorrow? Keep drinking. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that, and it made me laugh. It no longer makes me laugh though. But by the way, the corn the whole Cornetto trilogy thing was actually um, somewhat accidental and also born out of real life. The The idea that Ed would have a Cornetto ice cream cone as a hangover remedy was something that Edgar Wright did when he was younger. So that's why he put it in the movie. And then they thought it would be cool to get, like, they, to get free Cornettos for the premiere. And then they decided later on to make it into a Three Flavors of Cornetto trilogy. So it was it was never planned to be a trilogy. They just kind of decided to work that joke into the to hot fuzz and then when they made a third movie they worked a different flavor in and it just worked out. It was Edgar Wright's way of getting free ice cream on exactly. all of his films. Yep. That's a great he idea. fooled us all. <laughs> and I, I also, love Also I do want to say uh I'm on the Wikipedia page right now and mm-hmm. Simon Pegg was talking about the don't stop me now scene and he mm-hmm. goes they had already choreographed the fight to that specific song before oh. it was even cleared, and so they had to beg to use it. Which, oh my god, if that scene had anything else in it. That would have been fantastic. Um, 
oh, there was something else I had. So, oh, uh, the other thing that this movie, so this movie spawned the Cornetto trilogy, which was accidental, but also the whole dogs can't look up thing. Yeah. Was created for this movie. And um, if you do like internet searches, people started talking about can dogs look up after this movie came out, which I think is hilarious. I mean, because they can. I know they can. They totally like, can. Duh. But like, it's like he's, but like the, the, idea, the idea of asking that question was born out of the line from this movie, which just tickles yeah. me. Pretty cool. Um, are done. Oh, so this is... This one I had to get because I, I've known people that are like this. And this was Ed's response after he said, hey, you're going to thank me for cleaning up around the house? And Sean looks around like, what did you do? Oh, I had a few beers when I finished. <laughs> I had a few beers when I finished. <laughs> um, Aren't you, you going to compliment me tidying up the house? Yeah. He was uh, so sad. Like, I love when he's sad. He's just like, can I drive the car? I've never gotten to drive uh, Pete's car. He wants to drive He's Pete's like, car. He wants lippy. to drive the Jag. It's like, oh, I was, uh, you were parked. <laughs> like, what, how did you crash you the car? Parked. Yeah. It's like, oh, guess we got to take the Jag. My favorite Ed moment, though, is right after um, Mary gets up from the pipe. She falls onto that pipe, which, by the way, that effect still looks pretty good. Where she, that whole, oh, like, yeah. long shot yeah. of her standing up. That was that, where a lot of the budget that went. That might be the best. Uh, yeah. But then, as she stands up and is looking at them, and then you hear this. As he's winding the camera back up. That's Remember my favorite Ed cameras? moment. Oh, oh, yeah. I totally do. I know. Uh, um, I had a couple of Sean's, too, that I just I got to play. Because, for one, there was... The Winchester? That's I get to keep that forever. Um, the way he said this. The way he called for Pete. Pete? Pete. Pete. Oh yeah, Pete. Pete. Um, Where's my favorite? <laughs> that's that oh yeah, that, I like my one of my favorite lines was right after that, where it's like, "I'm not going up there." He's either turned or he's still mad. <laughs> yeah, like it was all like that it was so <laughs> like they're equally as bad. <laughs> oh, right when he says uh, this one, but dogs can look up. That moment where he pulls the dart out of his head was great because they added that little squirt of blood. Like, it's just a nice little yeah. touch to that that moment uh, mm -hmm. I thought was pretty cool. Uh, this was one I caught because I always get this in a movie whenever whenever it happens in a movie, and it just cracks me up. What, 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 what? I don't know why. Like, when... What, 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 what? It's just that, that repeated, like, completely confused what's always get me. Yeah. It's like Abed, or Abed and Troy and Community. Cool. Cool, 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 cool. Cool, yeah. cool, cool. Yep. Um... Now what does exacerbate me? That was a fun joke. And and I liked that Ed repeated it later because he wasn't part of that really part of that conversation, but I like that. What do you mean? Well no no no. No, what does exacerbate mean? Because that's <laughs> that's totally a Sean thing. Like he just wouldn't know. Um and my last one, because this was a great exchange between um Liz and Sean, where they're in the other room, and so the, the shot is on David and um, Diane. I did not call Diane a failed actress. <laughs> I just love that. I, I, and I like framing it that way. You're showing the two people he's talking about and he's in the other room. Uh, what, yeah. a failed actress and a twat? I did not call her a failed actress. So, he's a twat. Wait, totally where's is. my favorite clip? 
Uh, I don't remember which one that was. I'm, I probably got it, but no, I don't. No, I don't know. After the night at the bar. I don't remember. When they're walking home with the zombie. Oh, you it's mean like the best friggin' clip ever that you could have had. What do you Wait, mean? What? You, you mean this? Let me. <laughs> I'm just prefacing this by when I saw the trailer for this movie or whatever a commercial it was at the time, that was the thing that I saw, laughed, and went, I have to see this friggin' movie. That was it. That was the scene. And that scene delivers every single time I've seen this movie for. Uh, 400 years. How long has it been since 2004? Three uh, years? Yeah, 400 years is good. Years? Whatever. So it's just, it's my favorite part. It's just so like, they don't get it. They're so oblivious to that it's a zombie, but also it works with the song. And then the yeah. electro scene. Yeah. It's, it's so great. Not hip hop. It's electro. <laughs> it's electro. But then they break it later anyway, so. Yeah. Have you ever gotten mad at someone, but then they start to make you laugh and it gets you even more mad? I think yes. that's how I was multiple times throughout this <laughs> film. Because I like I was already upset with how dumb Sean and Ed were, and then that happened and mentally I was like, Shit, that's funny. But I'm not gonna <laughs> laugh at it. I refuse to give them the satisfaction. <laughs> I think we definitely oh, have to like. That's so good. We're gonna get back together to watch Hot Fuzz again, because I think you're gonna yeah. love Hot Fuzz compared to this. Yeah, honestly, we could do like, like a. With me, it, it... I was just gonna. We could like, do like a Discord didn't party. Sour me on Edgar Wright. It just made me go like, okay, this is where he started. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, exactly. So like, it's if you had watched it first, you would love it. In the you know, you watched it in the beginning and have like that affection for it like we do but yeah. yeah we can totally i can totally see how compared to baby driver which is probably like in probably like my top 10 movies or something of all time uh yeah this is definitely not there but you see the beginnings and uh yeah well, also he, every film he does is in fact just fully different like this is so different from scott pilgrim is so different from baby driver but yet they're all clearly Edgar Wright. That's what's so insane about because Baby Driver's very realistic. This one's very over the top comedic, and then Scott Pilgrim is just a LSD trip of a film. Yeah, and but every every single one of them, you can still go, "That's Edgar Wright." No, yeah. you're, you're right in that. Like all of Edgar Wright's films have that Edgar Wrightness about them, even if they're very different. And you even see that in stuff that he worked because he worked on Ant Man prior to Peyton Reed taking over. And Ant Man has some Edgar Wright That's fingerprints right, yeah. in it. That whole, I mean, the whole thing that everybody loves about Ant Man, which is that recap stuff that they do, uh, that's totally Edgar Wright style. So. I would have liked to see that. Yeah, yeah. You haven't seen Ant Man? Oh, you should watch it. No, like, no, there's still, yeah, go like full Edgar Wright. Oh, yeah, I would have loved to have seen what he would have done completely, but, you know, either way. Um, so it's still a good movie. Like, oh yeah, no, it, it I, has enough of it on there. It definitely does. Uh, and yeah, yeah. but I, I and that's one of the things that makes him one of my favorite filmmakers of the last you know twenty something years is just he's got a style about him and he's good at keeping that style without it feeling stale. You know, it doesn't get old. Like I love Quentin Tarantino, yeah. but Quentin Tarantino 
can at times feel like he's doing kind of the same thing a little bit. There's a little bit of retreading going on. He's gotten, I think he's gotten better. There was a period there where it really felt like it to me. Um, but I still enjoy all of his movies. But Favorite Quentin Tarantino movie. Favorite Quentin Tarantino movie? Yeah. Ooh, uh, I'm probably going to go Pulp Fiction. Um, uh, okay, but, since you took Pulp Fiction, I will take Inglorious Bastards. Yeah, see, it's a toss-up between those two yeah, for me. That's, that one is so good, too. So, yeah. you know. Somewhere between Reservoir Dogs and Django Unchained, which makes no sense, really, if you think about it. Django's really good, too. It Honestly, is. like... I feel like he's also an Edgar Wright type, which is at least about the time in Glorious Bastards and Kill Bill, like all that was around. After that, he was like, I'm not going to just do another mob movie because like he had done Reservoir Dogs, Pulp Fiction, Jackie Brown, all of that. And then after that, just said, I, I've done everything I can. Let me try a different genre and a different feel for every film. But they do still feel inherently Tarantino. Yes, I, that's a fair point. And and that's what I like about Tarantino. Him. Oh sure, no, absolutely. They Once like upon a time in Hollywood is great. I put I put him like on the one side, Tarantino, like all the wordiness and the things and the talking and stuff. And then I put like Kevin Smith movies on the other side. Like I love both, but like there's like a difference in the way they talk. And I'm yeah. I'm more Kevin Smith, obviously. Being Jersey, one so. uses the N word a lot less. It's true. It's very very true. true. Uh, well, I want to thank both of you for coming on. Uh, Monica, this has been a fun month so far, and we've got a good one next week. But Scotty Moe coming back, and I'm glad that you watched this movie, even if it kind of angered you a bit um, at times. It sounds like you didn't love it, but you didn't hate it either. So, I, I hated it in the moment, but <laughs> talking about it, like, talking about it was enough for me to process it and just be like, Okay, I get it. Like, I don't like the main characters, but I love what the film did. It's just a matter of, like... It, it's kind of like what I said. It was a lot of very good style, but the substance I didn't like. It's like I had a bad... St- it's like this film is barbecue, which is... You don't want barbecue without the sauce on it. And this mm-hmm. film has some very good sauce on some very dry barbecue. There you go. That's a good way to put it. That's actually a great way to put it. Um... Now, you are still trying to guest on as many possible shows as you can, aren't you? Uh, yes, somewhat. Like, I'm still trying to talk to Guinness, but also <laughs> I'm, I'm doing more podcasts now. I have started up the, or rebooted the old show Fun Fiction, where we talk about movies and then make really bad fan fiction out of it. Uh, <laughs> I've started, I've since started The Mini Adventures of Sammy Magic, which is a retelling of Harry Potter, just if it wasn't written by a, a transphobe. And so uh, I'm actually, I uh, this should come out the same week that the season finale of Sammy Magic and the Big Cool Rock, a.k.a. Sorcerer's Stone, comes out. So you've got a whole season to listen to of that. Excellent. That sounds like a lot of fun. I, I love that idea. So very cool. And thank you for coming on. This is always a pleasure. You're welcome back anytime. Um, if you've got a, a favorite movie you want me to see, let me know because well, you're welcome back whenever you want. And Monica, you've got a show you're working on now, right? I I have many shows I'm working on right well, now. Tell me about it. <laughs> Apparently, October is busy for me. <laughs> um, I'm going to be back next week for one more week of this show. So you know, I'll be here again next week, right, Travis? 
Yes, actually. So I'm making so, you watch a movie. So what we did last year for for Halloween month for October was I did a monster movie, a slasher movie, a comedy, and then an anthology. And we're doing the same thing this year. So our monster movie this year was Chopping Mall, or actually no, it was it was Frankenstein. Chopping Mall was more of our slasher. Uh, this was our horror comedy for the year. But next week is going to be the anthology film. We're watching the original. Creep uh, show. Yep, that's right. That's right. I said it. Screw you. Oh, um, <laughs> I am very excited to get you to watch this. Actually, yeah, um, I've never seen it before, so this I'm is looking a classic to it. for me. So I'm I'm interested to see. Actually, I'm interested to see what the movie is like after not watching it for a couple of years <laughs> now. Um, just little bits and pieces, but um, yeah, that's going to be a fun time. Aside from that, um, tonight I'm recording my first episode as host of Q for Fun. That's a Heroes of the Storm podcast, and I'm very excited. So we're going to be streaming, uh, I think, part of the play episode before it tonight on uh, Annalise's channel. So you can check that out. Cool. Uh, Twitch.tv slash Ann underscore Elise, I think. I don't remember anymore now. Now that I'm like trying to do that, I should have written shit down. But oh, yeah, I think that's it. Anyway, uh, other than that, uh, I am host on Hearth Casual. Uh, it's That's a Hearthstone podcast over on the Warcraft radio network of podcasts. So you can catch the new episode that we just did this week. Uh I don't know, wherever you get podcasts, right? Leave me alone. Um, so also follow me on Twitter and Twitch at WickedKitten13 because that's where I am and that's where I'll be. Excellent. Uh, I'm Excellent. so tired. I forgot to just say where to find my shows. I yeah, yeah. Like, yo. <laughs> I got shows, yo. This is the name. <laughs> uh, yeah, if you want to find my stuff, you can find it all at a load of purebs.com. I put out seven weekly podcasts i think and uh one of them pseudo daily and then you can find me on twitter at scotty mo s-c-o-t-t-y-e-m-o all right well thank you, you both just made for being me go here. to sleep that's how much work you're doing <laughs> i know seven work. seven weekly I shows I was busy. yeah no doubt i do two, i'm doing four enough. monthly <laughs> 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 well i'm doing three and a half there you go Three and a half is good. Um, so this show you can find at tvstravis.com or anywhere that you get podcasts, whether it's Apple, Google, whatever. Um, search for the worst name ever, which is wait you haven't seen with a question mark. But uh, it comes out every Wednesday. I also do a show called Let's Watch Highlander, where my friend Audie and I are going through every episode of Highlander the series one by one and uh, reviewing them, talking about them. That's been actually quite a bit of fun because we're finally getting into episodes that I really am enjoying. So that comes out on Thursdays. Uh, you can f- you can find that at anchor.fm slash Let's Watch Highlander. But this show is at tvstravis.com. Uh, subscribe. If you do enjoy the show, uh, or even if you don't, I don't care. Just go and give, give me a review. Give me, give me a rating. I prefer if you like the show. But if you don't, I can't, I can't do anything about that. Um, until next week and Creep Show, I just want to say to everybody, get out and enjoy your movies. And, you know, it's a weird time out there, so be excellent to each other. Bye, 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 bye. Bye!
It's just with Ed here. It's no wonder I always bring my flatmates out, and then that only exacerbates things. What do you mean? Well, you guys hardly get on, do you? No, what does exacerbate mean? Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs>